I'm here with the plugs for episode 71 of The Winning Agenda. Thank you so much to everybody who subscribed to us on Patreon. You are our favourite people, some of our favourite people. As of last week, we no longer have any $20 slots left, but there are plenty of other reward tiers still available. So if you'd like to see us make some of our further goals, which include hour-long data pack episodes featuring Jacob Morris, the webmaster of Anchor, and you'd like to see video content, more video content, specifically video reviews of the big box expansions which Damon has confirmed there will be more of then jump onto patreon.com slash the winning agenda and if you've got a bit of spare loot toss it into our hat a penny for a tail everybody additionally we try to be a bit progressive here at the winning agenda we try to use our soapbox to make a bit of good difference so if you are a netrunner player or a gamer who is all about diversity and has some experiences they'd like to share about the gaming community or just to come jump on and talk about your experiences with Netrunner, please send us an email at winningagenda at gmail.com. For some examples, you can go back and check out our discussion with Abby and V. Herman. Please enjoy this week's episode of The Winning Agenda. Good evening and welcome to episode 71 of The Winning Agenda. Tonight our panellists include 2014 Australian National Champion and 2014 World's Top 16 competitor Jesse Marshall. Hello. 2015 Regional Champion Holoseco. Hey, 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 what's up? 2015 Regional Champion and 2015 Nationals Top 8 competitor Wilfie Horrig. Hi, how's it going? And I'm your host Brian Holland and tonight we're going to continue our meta discussion, this time with uh, the corpse side. So where do we want to start guys? Who's, who's raring to go? Let's can just can I just um, say on, on the intros there, I think Wilfie has a new... Uh, item in his intro. Oh, uh, is it, is it, is it, is it 2016 store champion? Yes, well oh, done, Wilfie. Wilf- Wilf- Congrats. A round of applause for Wilfred, everybody. Yeah. Woo. Wait, what happened? Did anything interesting happen in the finals, Wilfie, against uh, you know anybody you might have known? Uh, yeah, I played against this guy from some podcast. I can't remember oh, really? which podcast uh, some, it was. Some, some, some terrible tin pot podcast from Australia, probably. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. no, but he seemed to have all the... He had a playmat of the podcast and like tokens and <laughs> stickers and it was all just he seemed to confusing. know what was going on i really wanted to have a moment too because in that in that final i really wanted to beat you so i could be all like and now the apprentice has become the master <laughs> what happened. instead you were, instead you were struck me down and i will just become more powerful than you've ever known yes so. in the future yeah, yeah well, well or in the past depending on which canon you subscribe to anyway <laughs> getting into the corp where, where do we want to start guys do you want to start with the good old-fashioned yellow side? Get that out of the way for our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, go faster. Yeah, well, they do sure. go faster. So let's start with MBN. Okay, who, who, uh, Jesse, how have you been finding MBN? You took it to the store champs uh, last week and made top four with it? Yeah, so I think we all did. Oh, you, sorry, no, you, took, I didn't. you took HB, right? So I me, Wilfie and I both played MBN, so we can probably speak a little bit about it. Um, I, I guess my thought process between why I played MBN uh, was that I think, aside from food codes, which I think is a close... A second, I wouldn't necessarily say a close second. I think NBN is far, NBN Fast Advance is far and away the best Corp deck at the moment. Not necessarily in and of itself, although Astro Stance and Fast Advancing is still as good as ever. Um, but also because of the runner metagame, because runners have this incredibly powerful mid-range engine that completely blanks basically all ice from the middle of the game onwards. And that engine you're referring to is Wildcakes, Faust, David. Yes, Wildcakes Fast David, that just is such a potent tempo engine. Because that exists on the runner side, I think NEH is the only deck that can go, that has the tools to beat it, because I don't think there's any ice in the game in any faction that can deal with it effectively, and NEH is the fastest deck on the corp side. So that's why I chose it. 
Wolfie, how did you go with it? Well, Wolfie, how did you find it? Oh, yeah, uh, so I played... you had been playing Genomics up until very recently. Uh, yeah, so... so uh, uh, yeah, so I played the Offapalooza uh, Kalimsha Fast Advance deck, uh, shout out, um, at both the store... of the two store championships I went to. Once I lost in the final, once I won. And I think, yeah, basically everything Jesse said was right. It's the only strategy that can be fast enough to outpace the uh, wildside chronotype economic engine or cards engine with Faust economic engine and basically the only way to win a game against yeah like something that can invalidate all your ice from the mid game onwards as Jesse said is to try and set up uh, try and score Astro which is basically the only card which really score, score Astro which is basically the only card on the corpse side which can really snowball into a victory in the way that you want it to. Like, if you put a remote... If on turn one you play an Astro in a remote and then put an Ice in front of it, you're basically forcing them to have the Faust or the David, and depending on which Ice you use. And if they're going to be drawing so many cards uh, as the game goes longer, the turn one is basically the only chance you have to actually gain an advantage. So I played that deck following that strategy, trying to score as fast as possible, and like it worked out okay, just because if they're going to uh, use Faust David to blank your ice in the mid-game, you have to counter that strategy by not caring about your ice as the game goes to the mid-game, and score, starting to score from turn one. I think that's the natural way to beat that deck, and any of the Anarchs, really. I think we should also probably note that when we say blank your ice in the mid-game, we obviously don't mean that the ice does nothing against those cards. It's just that it's so unlikely that you'll be able to build a remote server at any point in the game that's going to allow you to score an agenda with the degree of certainty that I guess Wilfie or I would like to have when we're trying to use a remote to score an agenda. Uh, The there's been sort of a few strategies throughout the game. One is sort of gear checking with, you know, code gate sentry barrier, different types to try and force the runner to have the correct breaker. And if they don't have it, you can score. That is basically out the window because of Faust. Uh, in the mid game, you can try and put some, uh, you know, reasonably high strength things together. And again, try and gear check them, not only at what type of breaker they have, but whether their breaker can get up to high enough strength to break your larger ice that's pretty much invalidated by Faust as well. So you've got to have a runner who's pretty, who you can pretty much exhaust making useless runs, which is not something you can rely on sort of to win the game. It's not a, a winning strategy. You win some games doing that, but you can't rely on the course of a tournament on doing that every round, I think. Would you say that, Wolfies? Uh, yeah, I would agree. So I would say that the two ways to go now from Corp, and this is going to be a theme that we're going to, continue throughout the meta discussion I assume is that one you either have to uh, score agendas before they can get set up or B you have to use defensive upgrades uh, to score agendas since ice by itself uh, has a very low chance of actually being able to build a secure remote. Hollis how have you found it? Um, As someone who's been playing wizard with the you know Faust wild cakes combo for about three weeks now um, pretty consistently I, I think the NEH fast events decks specifically are tend to be my worst possible matchups. I really feel as you know as a, on that side. If you're not doing what 
what Jesse and Wolfie have stated. If you're not trying to gain that early game advantage before they get set up in, you know, basically in mid-game, the chances of you winning basically go down immensely um, against pretty much any other deck you could possibly play that isn't a fast events deck. So it, while that while that is a bit sad on the corp side, the fact remains that that only adds to the power that NEH has. Understandably, the most winnerless may have tried to knock down some power um, in you know in those NEH fast events lists, but I think its abilities are only highlighted, um, or the deck capabilities are only highlighted given the current runner meta. So. It is what it is, right? One thing I'd like to ask you about, Wilfie, is um, you and I, I think the main difference between our decks, other than having daily business show and special offer in them, um, was the large ice. Um, I guess I'll, I'll phrase the question this way. Um, you need some ice in an NEH deck when you're facing that Wild Cakes engine because you need to be able to tax the Faust at least a little bit when they're running R&D. You can't keep them out, but you can make it so they can't run every click on a turn and really just screw you over with medium. Um, the large ice that I went with was still importing HB ice, which cost me influence. And I think one of the interesting things about your deck, or the Kalimsha Offapalooza deck, is that you had Archangel and um, Little Engine in there as your high-strength ice to put on centrals. How did you find that those went throughout the day? Uh, yeah, I think that Archangel and Little Engine are both well-placed just because you can... If you're forcing them to use their David counters on your centrals, then you actually have some chance of running them out. If if you force them to use them only on your remote, then you basically don't because you can never set up enough remotes that they have to go to th- that they you can actually drain their Davids. But if you put a Little Engine, say on R&D or HQ, whichever is more important. Sure, they gain credits when they David through it, but you've limited quite severely the number of times they can actually get through it. And just because, especially those ice are so resistant to Parasite, which is their other tool to get into centrals cheaply, uh, I think that both those ice, Little Engine and Archangel, despite them being quite expensive, are reasonably placed because of that. I mean, I guess from what I've seen, guys, Hollis and Brian Wolfie chime in as well, the best tagging strategy to me at the moment seems to be sync because you can make the tag stick. I think that news team uh, style of deck, news team quantum predictive model, global food initiative reduce the stealable agendas by... That combo reduces the stealable agendas for the runner by such a significant amount. And increases the likelihood that they're not going to be able to steal your quantum predictive models that you give yourself a really good chance of winning in a grindier game. How have you guys found playing against that deck and do you think there's any other scorched NBN decks going around that work? Well, I haven't uh, had a chance to play against one of those decks. They were quite prevalent in our meta for a few weeks, but um, since Color Goto was released, I haven't seen any around. I would like to play them again now because I'm now playing Artist Colony, and I think that would change a little bit. I'm incidentally also playing Maya in my Shaper deck at the moment, which helps things like Quantum Predictor Model. But yeah, there was definitely like a really sort of grindy aspect to those those matchups, especially you're just the, like when you're tagged, you really stay tagged. I found the only problem with it was similar to uh some of the other um tag decks in the past that came out of near um came out of nbn was that if you do take a tag or you you know you accidentally take a couple of tags and you just decide to be tag me and so you pass the turns like do you have the kill and if they don't have it then you can just run through pretty much everything until you just you know win or they you know find the 
um, the, the kill piece that they need to get you. But when you're R&D locking them, it can make that easier. Then the only thing that makes that more, that makes it more difficult is quantum predictive models because you can accidentally just win them the game sometimes by yeah. running off everywhere and accessing and it. And Muse Team also punishes the, the multi-axis a little bit more, which I think sure, does yeah. give the deck but, I mean, a little more saying, but, if, that's what I'm saying, but if you are... Um, if you are just decide to go tag me, because that's what's going to happen once you've got tags, you can either commit to pouring all your resources into getting rid of them while your opponents are there and scores, or you can just hold on to them, run everywhere, then you're just going to take the tags from the news team. Um, an individual I, I don't card? Think it's as, I don't think it's as good a strategy as uh, Fast Advance, though. No. As an individual card, I think Data Raven is quite well placed because it's one of the best dice against Faust, but because the strategies that it leads into, particularly now that Astro Troops cost influence are a little bit poorer, um, slower, and lower in power, um, I, I don't think it makes for as powerful decks as Astrobiotics. So that makes it difficult, yeah. Moving on to Jinteki. Hollis, you've um, been married to Replicating Perfection for a while. How have you found it in the current meta? I was wrong, guys, okay? I admit that. I, I jumped the gun. <laughs> so as, uh, as a lot of people may already know, I'm a huge fan of, of Replicating Perfection. It's one of my favorite IDs in the game. And... Um, uh, you know, a, a few weeks ago, I very much jumped the gun because I saw I was doing I in particular was doing really well with it locally. And it felt like, you know, the actual uh, the meta had shifted in such a way where RP was now able to make this really big comeback. But what I had been missing was how prevalent like uh, Faust and Wildcake de- Wildcakes decks were getting. So um, Jesse and I were talking about this. or sorry. Jesse was talking about this um, prior to you know us recording and ice that you can place in your deck are so weak and there's such an abundance of code gates. Um, even with Yogg being on the most wanted list, if anyone is actually playing Yogg, they're going to invalidate something close to one-fourth of the total ice you'd place in your deck, almost even a third, given that a lot of these RP decks are running an Enigma, they're running 3x Crick, things like that. Um, not only that, but because RP is a late-game deck with not very many options to rush, once uh, Faust and Wildside and adjust a chronotype all get on board for the runner it's very difficult to create yourself a scoring window where they're not constantly hammering hq r&d or even destroying ice and being able to get into the your uh, your remote um so that being said it feels like on the rp side it's um it's very it's a very difficult matchup versus most other matchups when you look at like stealth kate um, it's going to run film critic and efficiently break all your ice anyway which is just another detriment to running that id so that's basically my two thoughts on RP, however. Yeah, I, I've been testing a little bit with RP because I wanted to give it a go with Museum of History, which I think is a really interesting new core card. But I found, yeah, as Hollis described, um, I sat down on Netrunner DB, built, building my deck, um, put it together, played a few games, and just got completely wiped by Anarchs. Went back to Netrunner DB and searched, limited my search for ice to ice that's overstrength 4 in Jinteki neutral and every piece of ice that I looked at I thought there's no way that I can make the investment with my current economy engine especially given that the economy assets are additionally weak to wizard there's no way I can make the investment in any of these larger ice when their strength is so low and if I lose one of them to ice destruction I pretty much lose the game on the spot because that investment has been so big Um, and I think the way that RP managed to stay in the game against Parasite, which was always a bad thing for it, um, but the way it did manage to stay in the game back in the day was that there was a limited number of Parasites um, 
and they would generally attack your small ice, so you could rely that you, you could sort of uh, rely on the fact that once you res two or three pieces of big ice on your most important central, say, and your remote, there was a really good chance they would stick around. But now with cutlery being more prevalent, um, with parasites still being a thing, um, and with Faust dealing so efficiently with the big ice the turn you do res them, you've got a really limited scope to actually have your ice do anything at all. People seem to like the industrial industrial genomics deck that uses uh, kill cards, including Chairman Hero, my favourite. Uh, and I've actually been uh, getting... Uh, it's been defeating me soundly uh, repeated, and repeatedly recently. Um, so I think that that might be something which people might want to try out and might be good now. Uh, I don't really think Museum of History is that strong in it just because I know it works with the identity. People don't need to tell me that works with the identity, but just if it's real, I think that the main problem with the deck is it's really hard to sustain long-term economy against really any deck, uh, but especially uh, decks with Wizard or decks with Scrubber, the, those kind of Anarchs. Or Imp. Or Imp, exactly. Uh, that was the card I was thinking of. Uh, it's, yeah. yeah. Basically, just against the Anarch uh, disruption cards in general, it's really hard to keep asset economy on the table, which means if you're trying to play a really, really long game, you're going to need to museum of history in hedge funds and celebrity gifts, which is okay, but it really limits the ability for museum of history to be good in a shorter game. Like, it takes so long for that engine to become good that the games I've won against those kind of decks, because, of course, you fill up your hands with, like, Neurally MPs and Ronins and all those cards which don't really help you uh, economically, is if you... they I found that those kind of decks really have trouble... If they can't catch you unaware and kill you if you run into a snare, those decks really have trouble building a scoring server or anything. But I do think that that might be just ignoring ice completely basically might be one of the best ways to deal with faust david so there you know the, the deck does have strengths and weaknesses but i think it might be actually a good choice right now guess i've been a little bit disappointed i i when i revisited jinteki recently i was sort of like excited about trying to get some sort of controlly shell working but between the lack of asset economy that's resilient and the poor ice I just think it's too difficult to play any sort of control game reliably in Jinteki that doesn't involve damage. So I think damage is absolutely the way to go, as you're saying there, Wilfie. I think PE and industrial genomics are the best ideas to play that out of. And I I mean, I think, you know, part of that issue may even... I don't know if you'll agree, Jesse, but, but part of that issue, I think, is as a result of the existing, like, cards available in the runner meta, right? If I mean, with the, with the meta primarily dominated by... Wizard and Noise, Faust, uh, Jester Chronotype, and Wildside. So many cards as a result, you know, so much, so many assets, and so um, many ice are invalidated. You literally have such limited options as Corp to be competitive. It, it almost feels like you know to be con- to be consistently competitive against those matchups. You can't. Yeah, consistent. I think is the important thing. Yeah, yeah, you just you just can't really play. You can't. You just can't play certain IDs if if that's going to be the most the most common runner you're going to encounter because you could just lose 60-65% of your games, which that's not a great, that's really not a great ratio when you're trying to play competitively in a tournament. 
No, and I think, yeah, damage is something that we might see making a bit of a resurgence across all factions because straight out control and defensive strategies are not working at the moment. Yeah, and as like as we mentioned in our discussion with Damon, uh, I think he hinted very heavily at that the answer to Faust was damage. So, all right. So the next corporation we're going to talk about is Haspiroid. I had a, a modicum of success with the food coats list that Jesse had been tinkering with uh, post MWL uh, on the weekend. They got me to the finals with Wilfie at the store champs. So I mean, we're not going to go too deep on it because we've spoken about it quite a bit. But basically, uh, after some other discussion. I cut the team sponsorships for Biotic Labors, and I found that, yeah, Biotic Labor is still really, really good, because um, you do get those issues like we were talking about earlier in the mid to late game when so much of your ice is blanked, and you, you have have a server which is, you know, very deep, but they can still get in with this combination of Faust, David, etc., and not to mention Parasite. Um, Biotic Labor can really help you to squeeze out those last two points. With the all the defensive upgrades you have in Ash and Caprice, uh, particularly Ash as well, can be quite good against some of these Anarchists because they tend to run a bit poor because they don't really need money to break anything. Uh, Ash can keep things out and obviously break a bay combination with things can be really good. So you can usually eke out through servers the first, you know, uh, two to five points. And yeah, so Biotic Labor really took a few people off guard. I, I want to say, um, and it, it's it's really good. I mean, it doesn't have to be the last two points that you score with it either. You can do it earlier if there's a window for it, but um, I tried to avoid that if I could because some of these decks are running clot and I didn't want to put them on notice for it. But yeah, so I, I'd like uh, House Spyroid. I, I played uh, with Vikram over Assassin, and I found it to be quite relevant. Uh, it's uh, got a bunch of subroutines, which the runner, especially if they're running fast, really, really does want to break, um, unlike assassin where they can just deal with it it also costs one less which i found to be less less offensive than the seven um uh, the people are clicking through it but like i said when you're layering bioroids we've been doing this for years it it starts to not be an issue uh jesse how have you found things yeah i also have played a few games with vikram in the deck and i really really like the card uh the three subroutines are all relevant most of the time which is important itchy is the only other card in a similar range that has three subroutines, and the first two of them tend not to be relevant in the very early game. Whereas with Vikram, yes, the first one may not be relevant if you don't have other ice behind it, but the brain damage is pretty much always going to be relevant. But then once you get into the mid-game, as long as you have it in front of any other piece of ice, which is not necessarily true of Ichi, it becomes extraordinarily relevant to all three of them. There are some decks that wouldn't sniff at a cheeky brain damage here or there, but the Faust decks, um, you know, which... uh ending the turn with five cards to draw up to seven at the start of their turn with wild side to get in places, you know, that's two brain damage is really nothing to sniff at. No. And, and the fact but, that yeah. it's two brain damage subroutines is really important. I think. So yeah, I mean, I think Vikram's really good on centrals. I also cut an NAPD to play an advanced concept hopper. Uh, this was a decision made because this deck was really struggling against, uh, siphon keyhole builds. And so I'm playing the one Chrysium, obviously still with the, Archive memories to recur it if need be. Do we know any other HB archetypes that are really, really good at the moment? I know some people have been trying to import the damage cards using the same kind of uh, thought process as with Jinteki, that damage is the best way to go about uh, dealing with Faust, but the fact that you don't have any in-faction good, really good ways to actually deal damage outside of Ice, which is, of course, against Faust, kind of uh, shaky, uh, I think maybe makes this strategy a bit worse than it would be in Jinteki. Has anyone uh, had any experience with those kind of decks? 
or any other HP deck that isn't Food Coats? No, not not recently. No. But hey, if our listeners have, please let us know. Yeah, I've been thinking along a similar train of thought with we trying to bring damage cards into HB, specifically to techie cards, but I think that we may have to wait until a little bit later in the cycle before we see the right pieces of that coming together. I want to take a moment, actually, if you don't mind, I'd like to take a second to give a quick shout-out to a local player. Um, we had a sword champ about two or three weeks ago, and a local player, uh, one of my best friends named uh, Frank, or Francisco, um, ended up winning that sword champ, and he was running um, a food coats list that removed his uh, Caprice Nisei's, he ran three Ash, but he also, for additional Faust tech and uh, to have Ice that had more staying power, he ran either two or three Lotus Field on top of the Architect and the Elis in his deck. And that clearly helped help carve away for his victory for that day, primarily because he had Ice that had staying power. He had Ice that would stay on the field and was very hard to get rid of. And then he had, you know, though he was missing the Caprice, the Ash was there because a lot of the Faust decks would go low on economy just so they could have the, the cards in hand to be able to get into the server and then be unable to, to deal with the, the Ash Trace. Um, I think that's what's really strong about Food Coats right now is the fact that um, the ice that's there is super taxing, it's inexpensive, they have an asset economy, but because of Breaker Bay, that asset economy just increases their credit pool um, very quickly with little cost to the corp. Um, that added to the fact that they gain the credit just for installing the cards anyway, so what does it matter? So um, it feels like it feels like Food Coats is in a really good spot in the meta because um, uh, it has a bit more Faust. Uh, it's it's a bit more resilient towards Faust, and the ice that you put into play usually lasts for a good while. So you might as well, you know, uh, that helps with the deck being consistent. Uh, that's all we have time for this week on the Winning Agenda. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so at thewinningagenda.gmail.com. You can check us out on Twitter. Wait a minute, wait. Winning. We Should forgot we Wayland. The mini factions? The co-op oh, mini factions. Wayland. Oh. oh sorry. Oh, hang the on. Mini factions. <laughs> the mini factions. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We, forgo- oh. we nearly forgot the mini oh. factions again for the second yeah. week. Oh. Oh, right, this God. keeps on happening. You- yeah, yeah, what are we going to do? <laughs> all right. Okay, so Wayland. Um, whatever. Uh, Wilfie, you've you've been testing a Wayland deck in your secret laboratory. Do you want to talk about that at all, or is that tech too precious to give out? Uh, not really. It just it sucks. Like uh, I've been working <laughs> on a Wayland IT department deck in the same style as the Blue Sun IT department deck that kind of took the world by storm for like three <laughs> weeks last year. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but I certainly do. Um, and but the problem is that Wayland just has way too few good cards. Like. No matter what you're trying Welcome to do. Welcome right? to my life, Wilfie. <laughs> I, I just look through all the Wayland cards, I'm like, why do they need six barriers that don't do anything but end the run? Like, couldn't yeah. they have, like, couldn't one of these just have been, like, a code gate that ends the run? Like, what does, what is the advantage to having, like, a one-cost barrier that ends the run, a two-cost barrier that ends the run? Etc. A five like, cost barrier that ends the run, a seven cost barrier that ends the run, a ten cost barrier that ends the nine run, cost thirteen barrier. cost barrier. Yeah, fourteen cost barrier that ends the run. <laughs> I'm se- serious. That's it's not exaggeration. Ridiculous. Like, yeah, it is ridiculous. Like, I concur. Um, but yeah, like that. But they can. But you can scorch your opponent though. So I mean, pfft, just kill them. Well, so. Um, I guess this is going to be my podcast for shoutouts. Um, I have another shout-out for Ben Blum, or B-Blum, um, as he's known on... Uh, baby, baby. Baby, baby, baby Blum. B-Blum. 
Um, as he's one known, of our fantastic yeah. Patreon supporters. Thank you. Yes, he's fantastic. Yes, everyone should follow in his footsteps. Bibloom, a really strong player, really really smart guy, and he. I mean, I, he. I loved. I love listening to his opinion about um, you know cards and, and deck lists in Netrunner. He tends to be, in my opinion, sort of an innovator for decks. Um, not everybody shares you know that same you know mindset where they're able to build something and and kind of foresee the meta and try to make a deck that really counters it that well. He's really good at that. Um, he actually has Decklist of the Week right now. I think it just came up today. Um, as de- oh, did he write some good fic or something? He's, he's, no, <laughs> he's created a Bootcamp Glacier deck that pr- its primary con- uh, one of the primary objectives um, is that it uses um, Elizabeth Mills. And he only has one Bootcamp. He only has one Bootcamp, but he has... <laughs> oh, sorry. I think, I, think this is, uh, I think I've seen the newest list where there's a one-card difference, but... In that card difference, I believe it runs a, a two executive boot camp and one Elizabeth Mills. And if, if you notice, he's also running two interns. So a common play for him is that when he plays a Faust deck, um, he'll, search, he'll seek out the Elizabeth Mills, he'll install it, and then trash it to get rid of Wildside. And if they put another one in play, he'll go interns, emails, I use it again, get rid of the bad pub from the last emails, trash Wildside again. And so using this, I mean, granted, this is not... A, a 100% consistent strategy, but what I'm noticing is, that, and, and there's some gameplay, uh, there's some gameplay games. Oh, uh, sorry, there's some gameplay videos on YouTube. It seems to be working pretty well, stopping that that tempo that uh, a lot of the Faust Wildcake decks are gaining. When you remove that engine, it definitely slows down their ability to be able to get into servers like they normally would. And admittedly, uh, as as someone's pointed out, Orion's in the deck list, and it seems like a very ridiculous choice, but. It, I actually have had the opportunity now to pilot this deck maybe four times because I, I actually started playing this two days ago um, before it was Deckless of the Week. This feels like it's actually got momentum. Like, I, when I played this deck, I thought it was complete garbage at first because I don't take anything in Wayland that seriously. This was actually holding, holding its own. Like, it was actually... Yeah, dead look, dead. I mean... Uh... Yeah. yeah, my my analysis of this deck, Hollis, is that it's it's very similar to a good deck that Ben Blumson Ben Blumson playing for a long time, and he's very good at playing the deck, um, and he understands the ins and outs of the archetype. I think this would be a really difficult thing for the average person to pick up and play. Um, but that 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 aside, let's just analyzing the deck on its own rather than how difficult it is. I think cards like Ash and Crazy and Grid are really well placed. They do really well with Faust and. Um, as Brian pointed out, in terms of Ash, but in terms of Crisium Grid, deals really well with a range of runner cards in all factions. Well, partic- particularly uh, yeah, Anarch Threats as well, though. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm a bit worried about how good Oversight AI is and how reliable that is in a David Faust meta. Um, that aside, I think the Elizabeth Mills killing Wildside play is inspired, and it's, it's a really good use of a card... I think we've all looked at Elizabeth Mills or particularly anyone who's played it in a Wayland deck and thought, well, you could use it to kill Aesop, so you could use it to kill Wildside, and that would be kind of cool. Realizing and recognizing, and Ben Blum having the ability to recognize that Wildside is really the core of those Anarch decks and saying, I am willing to dedicate a lot of my time and energy in every game that I'm playing against those decks to killing the Wildsides is very good. And I think if you are going to be playing a Wayland strategy... That part of this deck, whether or not it's in this deck, or whether you play a Scorched Earth build, which I personally would always play in Wayland because I think it is the best card in the faction, and it's the best thing the faction has going for it. That aside, that little disagreement aside, if you are going to play that, if you are going to play Wayland, consider playing this Elizabeth Mills Executive Boot Camp package because I think 
it, it does deal really well with one of the biggest issues in the metagame at the moment. Uh, I'll also just chime in with one other thing. Um, yeah, of course. I'm always keeping an eye out for openings for Whalen to come back into the metagame. Um, I've got, you know, the Oaktown Funk You Up Building a Better World list, which just basically needs better ice, so that's on the back burner. No better ice has been forthcoming. The Gagarin Deep Space deck, which is simply awful against um, Wizard and Imp, and the prevalence of those things pretty much writes that out of the metagame. Then there's the Argus Murder deck that Brian and I both so enjoyed playing last year. That's so good. And I think that one is actually something that might be worth reconsidering, um, particularly as we get towards the end of the cycle with some of the spoils that we've seen from the final pack. Mm. Zealous Judge, I think, is going to be something that's going to go very well in August. So I'm looking forward to pulling that one back off the shelf when we get I will. I will literally use any excuse to start playing that deck again. But I think in the current meta, there's a few things that need to change. But murder is fun, so looking forward to it. <laughs> there's nothing but, nothing but the murder. All right, any other final thoughts on Wayland, anybody? It's now, it's now time for uh, you. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I just thought of one other thing. Um, Hostile takeover? No, government takeover, actually, I think is oh, actually yeah. quite an interesting card because it gives you... It, it may give Wayland the opportunity at some point, if it does get better ice, to overcome some of the issues that we're talking about with building servers defensively. Uh, if you have government takeover and global food initiative in your deck, your agenda density is low enough that you might be able to play a more defensive control strategy, um, particularly with Scorched Earth and damage to back it up. So whether it's out of Blue Sun, whether it's out of one of the other IDs remains to be seen, but in order for that to happen, Whalen needs better economy and Whalen needs better ice. So we'll see if those things are forthcoming. Somehow I doubt it, but they may. Alright guys, uh, once again, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can do so at thewinningagenda at gmail.com. You can send us an email at... No? You can send us an email at thewinningagenda at gmail.com. Wait, did I say that twice in a row? Just yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, I did. Alright, well, it's been a long day, guys. Basically, you can get in contact with us if you like through Twitter, on Facebook, at Winning Agenda and The Winning Agenda. And until next week, we will see you then. So thanks so much for tuning in. Bye, guys. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in.